From the Ron McKeefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Garris talks to us about his passion and drive to help the high school athlete achieve their goals, how having experience in the private sector and all levels of team coaching can help you find the desired career path, and he also gives us insight into his free speed training school for his local community that makes him a staple in the South Florida coaching scene. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Buley. Coach Buley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that a step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more tra- uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and, and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was too to try to get a crack into this this profession. And, and uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I'm joined by Coach John Garish. He's currently the Director of Athletic Development and Performance and the head track and field coach at North Broward Preparatory School. Prior to this, he was the director of athletic performance at the Boca Raton FC. He's also had stops at Rutgers University and the University of North Texas. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks, Isaiah. Happy happy to be on, man. I appreciate you having me uh, back around for round two. It's awesome. Um, you know, obviously a podcast that's, that's done so much for our profession. I'm, I'm grateful that I would be included in it and appreciative that, you know, you're keeping it going. It's, it's an awesome thing. Absolutely. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about your role with North Broward Preparatory School? Sure. So I, I've been here seven years, um, wrapping up my seventh year now, uh, which is, is crazy to imagine. Uh, we were talking a little bit off air. I think when I spoke with Ron the first time around, I, Maybe I was in year two or three. I don't remember. But if you'd asked me then what what it would feel like when I was in year seven, I would say I'm not even going to think about it because it's so far away. And then flash of, uh, you know, blink and and here we are wrapping up year seven. Um, so in those seven years, the things that have, 
I guess, changed in that time. Number one, we got a new room. I don't remember if the last time that we had, we had spoken that we had a new room, but seeing that progression, so seeing the progression of a new facility coming around, um, seeing really, truly a progression of the, the program continuing to develop, um, you know, some of those kids, the, the, you know, a few years ago, uh, multiple years ago now that they're, they were maybe eighth graders and now have graduated is crazy to see. Um, you know, other things that have, have changed, uh, I've increased their role with the middle school as well. So, um, in my role, most of my high school students, it's going to be a big, you know, it's, it's different from many high school performance coaches, especially that are in, uh, their disposition and in, in a full-time capacity, which I am most coaches, um, typically will see their students throughout the school day. I actually see them either before or after school or, you know, big crunch time summer's coming up. That's going to be our big crunch time that, um, we want to make sure that we're maximizing the amount of kids that we see um, and can get our hands on and, and continue to develop and train. So that's a big thing for the high school students throughout the school day. Now I've picked up a little bit more with the middle school students that enables us the opportunity to kind of intro them um, to, to what we want to see and, and accomplish when they get to the high school level. Um which fits right in with kind of how I like to think of our programming and just development and in, in, in general, in that our, our high school students, our number one goal for them is, is to help prepare them for whatever their college experience is going to be. Um, some of them, many of them might, might go on and compete in college and whatever their sport of choice is, uh, many of them won't. So we just want them to, you know, if they're going to walk into a, a college weight room, we want them to be prepared for what they're going to see. If they don't, I want our students to take something with them that, um, you know, uh, they continue when they get to college and continue to train. And whether it's a, you know, one simple workout they remember, or a few exercises with quality movement that they can go in and, and you know, continue their their kind of start of lifelong fitness and wellness. Um, that's a big goal for us. So then, then with the middle schoolers, now we have three additional years to help them prepare for that. So in the middle school, we think, okay, I have three years to prepare them for what we are going to expose them to as ninth graders. And then as ninth graders, 10th, 11th, 12th, we know we have four years to prepare them for what maybe me, myself, I don't have as much control over what they're going to see at the college level, obviously. Um, but in experiences and conversations just like this, we can grow to learn, okay, this is what many of the colleges are doing. This is how we prepare for it. We, we repair them for them for that. Excuse me. Um, but also it's, it's, we're striving for, um, ultimate performance. And, and we want to continue to help our, our students perform well on Friday nights or Thursday afternoons or whatever it may be. So, um, and then if, uh, in the last, I, I suppose it's four or five years, um, I took over the school's track and field program, which has been a, a big, big thing for us, not just on the, on the track, um, and myself personally, but I think it's been a really, really, um, it's, it's been a success for our strength and conditioning program as well. We very much merged those two programs, which has been a good thing for, um, in, in my, in my opinion, for our, for our program. No, I, I think that's great. And I, uh, it's really a unique and good situation that you have the ability to work with the middle school to kind of prepare them for what they're going to see in the high school. Um, with that, is your school a K through 12 or is it a like elementary through it's, it's actually pre-K. Um, we have, yeah, we actually have pre-K so I won't see we have, and, and also, I mean, 
I don't need to get off on a tangent, but I think we have one of the best lower school uh, PE teachers in the country. And like, that's the best thing for them, in my opinion. You know, we don't, I don't see many of our lower school students. I know that when they're coming to me in sixth grade, they probably know how to skip gallop hop, um, do some general uh, motor skills that are going to be conducive to what we're trying to accomplish then through middle school, which again, is not just, you know, it's just like, our high school program, our high school program. I'm not just taking what I learned at Rutgers or North Texas and, and, you know, forcing our students into that. I don't want to force our sixth through eighth grade students into what our high schoolers are doing. It's a different method of progression towards that. Um, but knowing, yeah, we have our lower school. I know many of the students, most of the students that I know in the lower school in our elementary school, it's probably because their brother or sister is older or, you know, one of our teacher's kids or something like that. I might, I might see one of those kids in some capacity. Usually it would be more track related than performance related or strength conditioning related. Um, just because, you know, a kid wants to get into a competition and we enter them in a hundred meter dash or something like that, or a 50 yard dash, whatever, you know, the young kids would be doing. Um, so yeah, we have, we have pre-K through 12, but for the most part, I'm seeing our middle school through our high school. I think that's good. And it's a good thing you're able to have everybody there. Cause you know, a lot of other schools, they, you know, it's just the high school and they got the middle school somewhere else. And you're able to, I guess, keep it all in house. Now, how do you manage that? Cause I have 16 teams and there's just two coaches here and we got a couple hundred athletes. I'd imagine the high school coach has more volume as far as like actual athletes coming in and, and working with you guys. How do you go about managing that kind of workload in your program? Yeah. So, I mean, it, and it does, there's like the difference between an average school day and the summer probably couldn't, it's, it's like being in two different positions and two different programs, to be honest with you. Everything is kind of, we're trying to spearhead everything in the same direction. But the approach in the school year is, and now realize, of course, that we're in a COVID year still that, you know, it's not necessarily like I always talk to some of our families that tour or some of our parents just kind of, um, uh, it, you know, kind of introducing them to what our summer program is going to be. And one of my big things is usually celebrating the volume of athletes that we've had in previous years. And it's weird to say that in this year, because we're, we're all trying to limit our group sizes and split them up as much as possible. So obviously uh, the, the primary thing there, no matter what, no matter what year we're in, but especially in a global pandemic, one of the main things for us is really finding assistant coaches that I feel like I can trust. And I don't mean to make it about me, but I, I want, I want to be able to trust them. Um, so largely, I mean, a lot of times, to be honest with you, what that what that leads to is not necessarily um, not necessarily some formal internship program, which I wish I could say I had. But it was it's it's more so finding the young men and women uh, the coaches in general that are going to come in and be able to run our, and operate our system, and more importantly, under understand our kids. That's the that's the big thing for us is that our um, our students you know, regardless this age, their style of learning, their style of communication is, is dissimilar from any other generation earlier, just like the next generation is going to be different. And the next generation after that's going to be different. But so the generation's different. Um, the general lifestyle of our students and our, our population on campus here is quite a bit different. And also the 
realm and range of athleticism for our kids is our polar opposites and everywhere in between. So understanding just kind of who we're working with in terms of our students, I want most of my assistant coaches that, you know, on a, you know, typically, unfortunately, they're, you know, going to be either like a stipend coach or whatever it may be. And I say that because I wish I could, we could pay them more. Um, but they're usually going to be somebody that's on campus for us, meaning, okay, a teacher that can come out and, and help out and is willing to learn a little bit. Um, but more important than anything else, again, especially in these times from a standpoint of just following protocols and procedures, um, throughout, uh, just being healthy and safe. Uh, but then also just being familiar with movement patterns and, and more important than anything else, just being a positive, um, uh, person in general and being there for our students, I think is, has been much more successful for us than kind of trying to go and wrangle somebody off campus that might be an absolute expert in all things, strength and conditioning, but takes a little while to kind of get familiar with our student population as it's kind of always, I don't want to say it's always been a challenge, but more often than not, um, there, there's been some challenge there. Definitely. And it's good that you're able to find help and you're looking at, like you said, not an expert or know-it-all in strength condition, but somebody that can communicate well and, and be a part of the culture. Yeah. And, you know, lucky enough, we actually have a couple young coaches that are on our football staff that have um, some interest in strength and conditioning and kind of, I think, I think probably, especially at the, at the high school level, you can, you can wear multiple hats. You can be a defensive backs coach and a strength and conditioning coach. And yeah, you could, you know, maybe there's some D threes and, and division two schools and NAIA schools that have some positions like that, um, which is a great challenge at any level. Um, but at the high school level, I think it's a little more feasible for, um, for somebody to be able to do that. So we have a couple coaches that not only, um, have I been lucky enough to kind of hopefully bring them aboard from a strength and conditioning standpoint. Um, they've also, uh, interned at local universities at FAU in particular. So being able to get a, a wide range of experiences. Now we have someone that, okay, maybe they're young and not necessarily um, experts yet, but they have a passion for strength and conditioning and they have some information and they understand our kids. That's like the ideal. So I know how great we have it right now. I know how much of a challenge it's been in the past when we don't have um, coaches like that. And I know what it's going to be like if God forbid we ever, you know, lose them to something bigger and better. Um, but you know, right now it's, it, things are clicking because again, of the, of the assistant coaches that we have, um, which is a, a big, big piece. Something that's changed for me too, is just, just trusting other people, you know, to, to accomplish our goal. And, you know, I think as, as I've learned to try to do that better, uh, our programs got a lot better instead of trying to make everything so, crisp and precise on paper, um, trusting coaches to do what they know how to do. That's great. And I, th I think that's awesome. Now you are a really good example of a, a, a high functioning high school, you know, performance coach. And you, you, you've kind of had gotten notoriety for what you're doing down there. And you've also been a part of high level collegiate weight rooms what would you say is the most common thing you've seen between the collegiate weight room and the high school weight room or performance side of things? And what are you, is a big misconception that a lot of, you know, I'm just trying to say, cause you know, we have a lot of coaches that listen to the podcast and, you know, those younger coaches that are 
trying to find their way, you know, I think the high school is a great opportunity for a lot of coaches to find a way to, you know, either you get a job or give back to our, you know, wherever they're at their local community. And what would you say is a big misconception that's stopping uh, some of the, the collegiate interns or the, you know, kids graduating their high, uh, their collegiate, their degrees and just getting their CSCSs. Well, there's, there's uh, number one, I appreciate the kind words. Um, number two, I think, I think a common misconception there's, there's two paths of misconceptions or misunderstandings. I think of the high school level one they're on one path or, or one kind of branch of misunderstanding. I don't think there's any words that I can share with you to help somebody understand how great it is coaching at the high school level, meaning the relationships with the kids. That sounds great. I'm going to say that. And everybody's going to say that you still, of course, form relationships with your college student athletes. It's just different. It's something that you've got to experience and understand maybe, okay, maybe the experiences that you've developed and the communication and relationship that you develop with high school students isn't as uh, good for lack of a better term than the relationships that you, you would build with a higher level, more experienced, more advanced, more, more mature college athlete. I think a lot of, I think a lot of college coaches, especially, um, I think college coaches that maybe have some of those misunderstandings or think that the grass is going to be greener on the other side for the high school level, come to the high school level and realize maybe the high school level is not for them and the college level is. So there's some things that you can't really put into words that you just have to feel out and you have to see and experience about the high school level when, and that leads me to kind of the misconception that I think is, is spread. There's a misconception that if you go to the high school level, that's it. You're now a high school coach. You'll never get anything else. Our, our, our profession has changed such a, so drastically, I think, to understand that number one, the skills that make a great collegiate strength and conditioning coach great might not make them a great high school strength and conditioning coach and the other way around. But there are plenty of coaches that have succeeded and dwelled in both. And that just because you take a high school job that, um, I'm not going to use anybody or any school's name, but just because a, a coach leaves the college level and takes a little high school job that nobody knows the name of that high school. It's just a small public school in their hometown that that doesn't mean that that coach isn't going to make that program great. That with all of the things that are hands uh, from a social media standpoint, that uh, everybody's going to see what that coach is doing and you're still going to have opportunities in front of you that you've seen so many coaches, I think in the last decade or so that have gone college, high school, then back to college or have gone kind of intern and developed their own program at the high school level and have ended up at a college. It's not the, it's not the end, you know, or it's not the only, you're not choosing an entirely new path. I think that's a misconception that, uh, you know, you're going to now you still have to establish relationships with veteran coaches and mentors. And that's, that's necessary for a young coach to do. Um, because for me, when I started at the high school level, I was just coming off of internships and I didn't have somebody on campus to say, this is how you should program, or this is what you should consider. So in many ways, I think that was helpful because I kind of had to, um, find my own path and I had to mess up my own stuff and succeed in my own stuff without somebody necessarily um, showing me the road. 
Um, but then on the, on the flip side of it, I think there were some things that I missed early on that a veteran coach definitely could have helped me with. So, you know, that's something you're going from, if you're going from an internship or a graduate assistantship to the high school level, you're probably now taking on a program and you're, you might be the only coach there, um, that has his, its pluses and minuses. But again, that, that doesn't mean that that's, that's the end of, of your road and that you're a high school coach and there's, there's going to be nothing more out there for you. So, um, and then for me, that was kind of my thought process, to be honest with you, when I first got the North Broward job was that, okay, this is going to be a, you know, couple year thing, um, because some of those, uh, entry level type positions at the universities that I wanted to work at weren't as appealing to me as the, the pay, the benefits, the, uh, hours, the coming back home, this is home for me. All of those things were stacking up that it was like, I'll deal with just coaching high school kids for a couple of years. And then I'll find a job that pays better at the college level. And it didn't take me, but probably six weeks, maybe two months to know that this is where I want to be. And I don't want to go anywhere else. Um, and you know, that's, that feeling is still the same today that again, it's, I can say that, but until you have that experience, it's hard for a coach to really understand. So with that, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's going out and checking out what local high school coaches are doing. There's, there's, I don't know what the number of high schools on in the United States is, but there's, there's quite a few I guarantee you there's probably depending on if you live in a rural or, or a city area, there's probably 10 high schools in a dang 30 mile radius um, that you can go and, and hopefully they have somebody there. Or if not, you can kind of just go be a fly on the wall and see what's happening in there and realize, you know what, if I, if I came in here and I could find a position like this, these, these are some of the things that I could have done. And you could see the smiles on the kids' faces, the frowns on some of these kids' faces that it's just like, you know, it's, there's, there's, there's nothing like having an impact on that type of kid. So again, it's hard, it's hard to put in words. There's some things that you have to see and feel, talk to high school coaches and see genuinely how they feel about the position that they work in. And you'll realize that more often than not, the terms they use, the reasons that they're in the position that they are, are pretty darn exciting reasons, even if it's not necessarily walking out to a stadium of, you know, 70, 80,000 people screaming, or, you know, it's not working with guys that are, you know, one or two years away from being pros. Um, it, it, there's, there's experiences that come from the high school that are, that are equally as exciting, even if they're not necessarily the same, um, one in the same. No, absolutely. And I think that's great. And I, I've noticed a lot more lately, you know, that high school coach and a lot of our, the interns or the people that are just graduating, trying to find their way in our profession, they, they go, they hit the high school and, and it's a lot of the same thing. It's just a lot of, you know, great feelings and a lot to give back and you guys get a lot out of it as well. Now, which came first, the performance coach or the, or, or the track coach? Cause you're, is you got a high level of both and like, which, which one came first? Definitely. I mean, I was, I, I wanted to be a collegiate strength and conditioning coach. So, um, that was, that probably started as early as high school. Um, I did have a really good high school performance coach, but he was our defense coordinator and he just put together a really good program. And I didn't think that was like something that you could do. I, you know, I, I thought I actually early on, I thought I wanted to be a football coach. Um, and that was like my path. That was where which I know it sounds interesting because you're asking performance or track and I'm saying football. Um, but I wanted to be a football coach. And then, um, some of my experiences in college, 
Um, I had really positive experiences with strength and conditioning coaches. Training was always something that excited me and enticed me and um, really was the vehicle that I felt like got me to where I had gotten to from an athletic standpoint. So, um, you know, that was always something that was kind of interesting and intriguing to me, but I wanted to be a football coach. And then when I met some of my uh, strength and conditioning coaches at the college level, um, that just quickly became like, that's what I want to do. Um, had, I, I know I had spoken to Ron about this, but I had one too many concussions in college and, and picked up uh, track and field at that time. So that was actually my first experience of track and field was my junior year of college, which would have been, it was my sophomore competition wise because I had a medical redshirt, but um, a year away from graduating um, was the first experience that I had with really picking up track. And then, you know, even at that point, I thought, coaching hammer throw, which was my event. I was like, that would be, I guess, pretty cool. Um, not, I guess that would be cool, but you know, I didn't know if that was the profession route that I was going to go. I had some experiences in graduate school with sports psychology too. I knew I wanted to use that as a kind of enhancement to my coaching skills versus that necessarily becoming my profession. Not, uh, absolutely not, not a knock on the profession, more so a knock on myself that I don't know if I would have been able to handle the education and um, research that came along with it. So I wanted to use sports psychology in my coaching tutelage. Um, it, and you know, from there again, I, I just wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach. And then four or five years ago, my athletic director um, called me in and, said I got good news and bad news. first off he texted me and I thought I was going to get fired and I was like I was like going through my head of like what did I do wrong um because I don't remember the exact words of the text like got to talk something important or something <laughs> like yeah, oh, when man. something like that comes up yeah, you get a little like, worried what, is, yeah. what the heck did I do so then I, I went into his office kind of nervous and uh he said good news and bad news and bad news was that our our head track coach was was retiring or kind of retiring from coaching and getting back into, um, some other, some other work that he had. And, you know, the good news was that he felt that he had the right person for the position. And then he told me that he felt that I was the person and what did I think? And, you know, from there, I wanted to talk to the number one person, uh, well, a few people, I wanted to talk to our sport coaches. Um, but the one, especially that I was nervous about was, which would make sense, our football program, um, just because track season is, they're big that's crunch time off season wise. So we have a fall and a spring season here and what falls right there in the middle is track season. So I wanted our head football coach to know, you know, kind of what my thought process and what my philosophy was going to be based on uh, coaching our track athletes and how that we weren't going to miss our lifts. And that was still going to be a very important piece of our program. Um, and then from there, you know, it was just something that uh, definitely clicked for us. It, it, made a whole lot of sense. Like I said, in merging those two programs, what I first are, are, so our staff now is uh, like I had mentioned kind of in our strength and conditioning piece. I, I like people on campus that'll motivate our, our kids. I, we have absolutely the best hurdles coach in the state, if not the country, in my opinion. And then everybody else, uh, we've got a great distance coach, everybody else for the most part, um, are, are on campus people that are great motivators and positive influences, for our kids that, um, our head football coach is actually one of them. He's our head, he's our high jump coach. He's our high jump coach. And here's, here's a perfect example. He's never, he's never high jumped. He's never coached high jump. 
but he's such a positive figure and we have a phenomenal athlete that she went and won the state championship. And that's, you know, that's like, ultimately that's, that's what it takes in my opinion in, in high school track and field is positive influences, people that are willing to learn a little bit enough about the event to just open the door for the kid. And then it's on the kid to uh, push themselves to that level. Um, so defense coordinators, our throws coach, even though I was a thrower in college, you know, the strength and conditioning background, I felt like I had some good, uh, I gained some great advice from coaches in the, in my speed network, so to speak. And most of our multiple multi-sport kids were, were sprinters. So, um, the sprints became natural. They were the kids that I, I don't want to say that I could relate to the easiest, but I've worked with in some capacity in the weight room for the most part, you know, our, our football, our soccer guys, um, our volleyball, soccer girls, like kids that I had seen in the weight room a bunch. It was just really to say, it was really easy to say, you know, I'll, I'll yes, I'm going to direct the program, but the sprints would become, um, my area, um, of, of coaching. And then, you know, quickly after that, I absolutely fell in love with the horizontal jumps in particular triple jump, um, which is just, it's my favorite event. It's my, probably my favorite thing to coach right now. Um, I, I think largely it, 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 it's funny that I feel like it has a lot in common with the hammer throw and maybe that's it. Maybe that's what it is. Um, when I, when I struggled with the hammer, I, it was because I was, um, overly relying on strength. If you're struggling on triple jump, potentially, or overly relying on, on speed. Um, and either way, it's both kind of an intensity and a dialing issue. So, um, and just the, the three jumps, I was a three turn hammer thrower. If you try to really gun the first jump, if you really try to gun the first turn, um, I, there's just, there's just a lot in common there, I think. And then just the, uh, the, it, it's just a really fun event to kind of case study and see how kids move and see what they do in relation to the ground. Um, that I think also has really, you know, influenced my, my strength and conditioning programming as well. No, that, that's, that's, it's fun to hear that you're able to, you know, give back to the, you know, the, at least the high school uh, to the point where like, Hey, I, I got the weight room, you know, football coach, I got you, but I'm going to, you know, do, you know, the head become the head track and field coaches, I think is, is, is awesome. It's a good experience and a good way to be around there and, and kind of get back to the, to the high school, but you've also have found a way to give back to the community in general in the surrounding area. Could you talk a little bit about, what you got going on there and you know how it came about. Sure. Yeah. And I appreciate you asking about that because this is probably my favorite part of my weeks, even though I, I love everything happening on, on campus. Um, on Saturdays, Saturdays are generally just my favorite day for, for a number of reasons. But um, on Saturdays, we host a free speed training session in the local community. Um, it, it varies depending on the time of year. So through from from probably no, I mean, I would say November through May, uh, we had as many as five different sessions going. So I would go and, and, you know, I know this is a national international podcast, so I don't need to go necessarily into the areas, but I would go, uh, Delray beach, which is a city North of us, Deerfield beach was the city South of us back to Delray, um, Boynton beach and Pahokee, which is a, a rural area near Lake Okeechobee. So, um, the reason why, 
um, I wanted to start those sessions up um, was because the first city that I mentioned, Delray Beach, there were just some some people that I really looked up to growing up, regardless. There were some of my best friends from that region that it's just a it's just a much different place, frankly, from then from the from where how I grew up. It's a different certainly from how our students have grown up. It's a area that is incredibly dense with <laughs> incredible people. I, I hate to use the word incredible twice, but there's no other kind of adjective to explain if these kids are awesome, but they also have great athletic skills too. And, you know, more often than not, um, what tends to happen is some of the bad influences get a hold of them, unfortunately, instead of the good influences that can be around. And that could be for a wide range of reasons. That's not necessarily a conversation for today. But what I really wanted to do early on was some of those men that I mentioned that I had looked up to were hosting free all sports camps events um, that I wanted to be a part of when I first moved down here. I told you this is home for me. This is an area that really is meaningful to me. Um, and that's part of why I wanted to take this position to begin with. And certainly a large part of why I'll never go anywhere is because this, this area is meaningful to me. And I know a lot of the kids grew up like me, grew up like friends of mine, grew up like friends of mine that are doing great things now and grew up like friends of mine that are not doing the best things because some of those influences um, got a hold of them. So seeing those men were holding those all sports camps, I wanted to be a part of it um, and continue to volunteer um, as long as it was going. And then some biz business ventures and, and things like that, absolutely not negative. They were all positives for those people just got busy and, you know, wrapped up with things. So that kind of um, slowed down. And then I wanted to kind of pick it back up in a similar capacity and see what I could bring to the fold. And largely that started with just um, this speed development. And then um, with that, connecting with local coaches and local community members, that would be a benefit, not just in assisting. I think of the same thing along those lines. So my track coaches, my strength and conditioning assistant coaches, I want to be positive people that are going to bring something to the fold that is that makes this experience more positive for our kids, but that also will leave something meaningful with them that might be even bigger than what we can with where their foot should strike when they're sprinting or what their arm action should be. There's much bigger things to that, in my opinion. So finding community members that are doing these things for the right reasons and can be a positive influence in the kid's life. The more I can be around people like that, the more positive the experience is going to be for the kids in our program, but also for me. So um, connecting with local coaches has been a big thing um, throughout the summer. It changes a little bit because we get afternoon thunderstorms. We get uh, or either that or it's going to be way too hot and borderline dangerous for the kids um, that I'll keep it to be primary more primarily morning. So when we start up in a couple weeks, um, we'll do two sessions in local areas. Um, and again, a big thing for me is connecting with local coaches, connecting with local communities um, for the betterment of these kids. And it's, it really is, it's, it's, it's not so much about what we're putting on the paper. It's not so much what we're putting on the camera and, you know, it's not so much the timing that we're doing. It's more so just giving them something to do on a Saturday. Um, that's probably different than what they would be doing if, if we weren't putting that on. Um, and more importantly, you know, most of those, uh, a lot of the kids, it's, it, it wouldn't be possible to, for them to afford 
frankly a dime if you know we charge anything so um that'll be something that's never never a charge it's something that we just want the kids to come out um and participate in and again hopefully be a positive in their life and i i know i've certainly seen with some of our assistant you know some of the assistant coaches um, and some of the other coaches in the in the area that have done just really really good things in the kids lives um that's ultimately what the objective of it is we'll be right back Woodway is a company that has been designing and building treadmills and equipment for the long run since 1974. Each of their treadmills is designed with the revolutionary slat belt running surface, which is both lightweight and durable. It is specifically designed to absorb energy at the point of impact, eliminating harmful shocks to joints and connective tissues. 100% of the NFL, NBA, and MLB teams and 60% of NHL teams utilize Woodway products to optimize their training. Woodway's curved treadmill was released in 2009 and boasts a completely self-powered manual training experience that does not require any electricity. This unique piece of equipment allows athletes to run at any pace they choose and burn up to 30% more calories than the regular treadmill. Other unique offerings from Woodway include the Curve Trainer, Curve XL, Forefront, and Pro Treadmills. Each treadmill offers features that are fit for every athlete. The silent and energy efficient product from Woodway has resulted in 50% electricity savings for owners. If you're looking for equipment that is built to last and will improve and provide each of your athletes an experience like no other, check out Woodway today at woodway.com. Now that that's impressive. And, and I know, you know, our profession and a lot of those speed sessions, you know, we're trying to get, you know, charge money and, and you know, help, help the coaches make some money out. And I think that's great that you're just, yeah, and I, look, I'd like hey. to touch on that too. I'd like to yeah, touch on sure. that too, that, that I, I hope, you know, the, the primary thing for that is I, I completely, I, I am 100% in support of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we ought to know what our worth is. And as strength, like I say that, and frankly, I don't want to get too much off task or I don't want to get too personal, but if somebody wants to hire me privately, there's a charge, you know, it's not going to be something there's, you know, it, it's, it's more so, you know, on that note, it is understanding that we have certain skills, certain gifts there, dare I say, that that's our opportunity for community service because I did at a, at a, you know, my early years in coaching, I didn't know where to draw that line, to be honest with you. And I know that might be tough for a young coach to start is like, well, we're doing, you know, all of this stuff for, for free for quote unquote community service, volunteering, things like that, that then it's like, where does the line draw? Because I would have people reaching out to me. I would have friends reaching out to me. I would have, um, you know, doesn't matter who reaching out to me. And now all of a sudden I'm training somebody for free or close to it or giving out, you know, packets and a whole bunch of information. That was a lot of work that, you know, now again, it's, I was, I was failing to kind of de define my worth where instead I actually look at it as like, yes, definitely define your worth and your value based on that and private training and whatever it may be. But on Saturdays, I'm willing to give that up and I'm willing more so to kind of understand um, that worth and 
hopefully the kids do too. And hopefully the family members do too. And hopefully the community members do too, that this is something that our, and it's not just myself. I have other coaches that come out and volunteer a lot of time that, and even more so I understand how important and how meaningful it is to those coaches because them giving up their time, they're typically personal trainers. So if we're training from nine to 11, that's probably two sessions that they could have been training somebody for charge and they're coming out and volunteering their time. I'm lucky to work in a full-time capacity at a private high school that I'm work. I'm paid a salary. You know, if, if you're a personal trainer and you're giving up your time like that, I appreciate it even more. And then I think I tend to think positives come back around for those people because I think we've seen it. And, you know, you, you also have some, you have some students that come out and maybe they can pay young people, maybe that can be, we have plenty of our students that come. I love that they come because I think it's as important for them to see and experience and be around people from different neighborhoods and different areas, as important as it is for those people from different areas to be around people from different neighborhoods and get that uh, training. Um, so when students and young people might come from, they might ask for additional training. And then that's something that you just got to understand, okay, if it's, if it's a Saturday and you're coming to these sessions, it's going to be free, but I think it's important. It is important for our profession to know our worth and our value to know that it, we can't just volunteer seven days a week and continue to do that. A lot of coaches have great gifts. Those coaches that come out with me have great gifts and they charge many, they charge kids throughout the week to train and they should, because that's their value. That's the time that they've put in. But on Saturdays, we all know, we all come into it with the same mindset that that's our opportunity to, to volunteer. That's giving back to the community. That's just, that's not just giving time for the sake of giving time. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, that's just, uh, sorry. I, I hate to kind of go no, off that, on I that. Think, but. I, I think that's great. Cause like you said, look, it's just Saturday mornings. You're trying to give back. And I think that's a really good thing that, we're using someone like you using your skills that you've developed and just be like, Hey, I'm just trying to give back to the community. I'm from here. Like, you know, just trying to get to know like the kids around here and they're like, look, and it's not seven days a week. Like you can definitely, if you want to charge, go like go chargers shouldn't be very little profit that you're digging into by just help helping out the community. And I think, I think that's awesome. I think that's a really good concept and a good thing. And I'm, I'm glad you're able to get a couple other coaches and trainers there that are like, look, I, like I'm here for this. Let's, let's just make it happen. And you know, I, I think it's cool. I mean, I've seen you uh, doing all that stuff outside and man, I, I, I mean, you're from there, but I see that. I'm like, it looks hot as hell out there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, there's a couple of days I was like, you know, bless you. Cause that's a, I was like, I'd be sweating really bad if I was out there. Some of those days do add up, but it's a, uh, you know, it, it's something that we're used to. I'll still be out there and in sweats and all the kids will be cracking on me because I'm wearing sweats or wearing a sweatshirt. And that's just, I don't know. That's just how I just, honestly, it's to cover myself from the sun um, more so than anything. It's like, you know, I'm going to be hot no matter what <laughs> it's going to be, whether I have these long sleeves on or not, I'm going to be hot. So I might as well cover myself from the sun. My dad was in landscaping all my young life. So he would always dress in long sleeves and, you know, you would say why? Well, because, you know, you get, you tend to get very itchy when you're working around um, lawns in the hot sun and again, covering yourself from, from that sun. So, um, yeah, it could get, it could definitely get, um, very hot down here, but also, you know, it's, it's also understanding that we've got to, 
like I said, in the summer, I know, like, I don't want to go back and forth every week and say, we have to postpone because we get those afternoon thunderstorms, or I don't want to have, you know, a threat of a kid, um, passing out or something due to heat. Um, taking extra caution with that is, is of course a necessity. For sure. And I've, I've been to Florida a couple of times. You nailed it. You're going to be hot no matter what you're in. So you can't, you can't escape it. Uh, and can we touch briefly on what you were working on at, with the strength staff at FAU? Cause I know you had, I had a good, a good uh, interaction there. So you can tell us a little bit more about that. Awesome, man. I, I think, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I think Joey's just doing a phenomenal job over there. Um, I was able to, I was able to connect with his staff, um, last summer. So we were unable to be on campus and this is, this has been something like I had mentioned when I came to the high school level, I felt as though there wasn't somebody out there that I could be like, I'm going to learn from that man or woman every single day. I'm going to learn from that man or woman weekly, monthly, whatever it may be. And that's not a discredit. That's probably more of a discredit to myself and being able to really branch out and find somebody when I was in my first two or three years, I felt like there was just, there wasn't somebody local that I was consistently learning from. So in some of those summers, when my summer days, uh, the hours would probably condense a little bit and I would be done a little bit earlier in the afternoon. Um, I was constantly like seeking some way to get out to a local university or something like that, that it would be either to volunteer my time or, or learn from somebody. Um, Felt like it was relatively unlike unlucky for, you know, really up until what felt like last January, I think when those guys got the job. And um, at first I had connected with Zach, who's now at Ole Miss and said, Hey, I saw um, that you guys are coming down here. We got to, we got to link up. And it turned into just kind of, um, I forget in the winter, I think I was going over there once or twice a week, really just to check out what they were doing and be a fly on the wall. Um, and then of course, March, early March hit and our school shut down and the world was flipped upside down, of course, um, that they were shut down as well. And we continued connecting, continued contact. Um, and at that time I had said, basically like, no matter what, no matter what happens, whether I was going to be allowed back on campus at North Broward, um, in the summertime due to COVID or not, um, I wanted to move my sessions. I was going to move my sessions from morning to afternoon and I wanted to come over and help them out in the mornings in the summer. So then what happened was that it was increasingly looking like our strength and conditioning program here wasn't going to be able to happen or at least be on campus that that connection, that, that communication kept going. And, um, once we were, I was told that our program here had to be entirely virtual. I scheduled them in the afternoons and I went over there in the uh, mornings and, you know, uh, it, it was just an incredible experience that I'm immensely grateful for. Um, the, the guys, not just the coaches, but the, the athletes, I mean, just accepted me as one of their own, which was just a, a really cool thing to have, you know, because again, I'm from down here. So largely FAU is the home team. And, you know, I never really had even going back to high school, like they were in a school that recruited me necessarily, I guess kind of could have felt slighted by that, um, had, had tried in, in previous, um, times to um, connect with some coaches over there, which I had, I had luck doing, but never really was going to, was able to have something, you know, formal like this, which was just 
really cool to have. I think, you know, a lot of Joey's programming, um, there was, there was plenty that we definitely, uh, that I would say where it was like, we, we almost do the same thing. And there, there was plenty that I learned quite a bit from, um, in whether, you know, our programming is a little bit different or just really relating again. I think, I think it's important. One of the things that I felt like was most important for me there was, I think as you continue to coach, I think the more you coach a variety of people and a variety of athletes, um, and, and I also kind of have this philosophy to programming and training, the more comfortable and familiar and, um, sharp you are in communication and coaching to your population. Um, so I felt like the kind of variety of, of student athletes, certainly a, a higher level of athlete, just from maturity and, and level of ball that they're playing over there, um, was really cool to see, but also from a programming standpoint and just seeing the ins and outs of the program, um, was, it was an experience that I'm, I'm immensely grateful for. No, definitely. I think that's good. And, and, and you've said it a couple of times, you know, network and get out there and get to know, every, you know, the, either all the schools around you. And I think that's good that they were so uh, open and, and allow, you know, allowed you to come in and maybe essentially be a part of the crew. It was so cool, man. Like it, it really felt like, like, there's not a day that felt like work. And largely that was because it was just a volunteer position. You know, like there was no stress of like, well, um, there, the stresses were from a COVID standpoint that, um, you know, just making sure that we were doing the the right things, but it was, it was just like, it, it was just such a fun experience. It was so, you know, it's just like one of those times that it was like, you know, when, when is this opportunity ever going to prevent present itself again? Um, and again, I'm, I'm glad that we operated it exactly how we operated because I've learned so much. I think the last, I think this last, you know, eight months or so training since, since we've concluded the summer program there for our kids has been so much better as a result of the opportunity that I had to be on campus there again. And that's credit to the coaching staff and, and really the, this, I'm telling you those, those guys over there, their, their athletes are just, are just different. There's just such incredible people over there. And I think that's a large testament to do absolutely with the strength and conditioning program. Um, but also just, just guys that, um, really again, took me in as their own. No, that, that's awesome. And I was lucky enough to meet, uh, Joey, when he was out here in Colorado, he was at, at Colorado state university. So I saw him a few things and it goes, it goes back even there and they're always out and out and trying to get back and meet other coaches. Now, and I want to want to be respectful of your time, but just a few more questions. I know um, what's some advice you'd give to the younger coach. So I'm, I'm talking about maybe not younger in age, but younger in the profession. Maybe they're just getting done with their GA or they're just getting done with an internship and they're in the, the grind stage of what we do. You know, they're trying to figure things out. What's some advice you'd give to that, that younger coach? Um. I would say, and again, this is kind of, this might kind of go back to what I was saying about some things that you have to experience with, which sucks, you know, it's experience can be a B sometimes, but, um, be willing, I suppose, be willing to, to 
go out and experience some of those things. Like we talked about, maybe check out a high school, maybe, um, I don't necessarily want to just tell everybody to like volunteer their time, but maybe there's a coach at a local park that does some uh, training that you've seen and might be something that you're interested in. I think the more kind of wide ranging experience you have, the more you'll see is out there because it, frankly, I think still in our profession, we think, just like I did when I was an intern, like it's, it's big time division one collegiate strength and conditioning pro coach, or I'm, I'm meaningless in this profession, you know, or, or my career isn't as meaningful as it would have been, which is a real unfortunate. It's something that leads into, you know, um, some of the other negatives of our profession of, you know, uh, logo chasing, or just kind of always being in a state of discontent or, you know, the next stop is always better. Um, I think that's just something that we get so wrapped up in that that is is not for the good of coaches mental health. It's not for the good of coaches programming. It's not for the good of those programs. And it's not all on us. But if if young coaches can understand that, you know, it's okay to find a place and be happy there and and find some content and and be there for a long time. Um, I think is, I I think the more, and I kind of had an experience like that, uh, back in college that like, I, frankly, I had transferred twice. I transferred from the air force Academy to Wagner college, which I guess that was kind of my only transfer, but then I graduated from Wagner and took my graduate years at North Texas while I was still competing. So from a competition standpoint, I transferred twice to be honest with you, if it was up to me, and this is, this is completely a knock on myself and not not the college. I, I probably would have transferred from Wagner sooner. Um, if, if I had, if, if some people that were in my corner allowed me to at that time, and there were some other things that weren't binding me there, I probably would have, which would have completely changed my life. And I probably would have been a super negative person today if I'd have allowed that experience to take hold of me. Um, and instead, frankly, it's, it started there. And I think young coaches can, can start now in that I, I just, I, I just tried to take on a, an approach of like, all right, well, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so why not just make the best of, of what I have? And that's not, I'm not necessarily saying that's a, that's a life plan. That's what you should do. Oh, well, this, this is terrible. I'm just going to make the best of it. it. It wasn't terrible. And that's my, that's my point is I was trying to find things that weren't, right, so to speak, to make it seem like my experience and, and, you know, where I was at was so bad when in reality I had everything positive going for me, just uh, one bad thing, which was those injuries. And then I picked up track and that changed my, my vision quite a bit. So I was grateful and lucky to have that experience, even if it was a negative, but that's a, that's a main thing. And I know that's so hard for somebody to put into words or somebody to hear and feel that it's, it's okay to be content somewhere. And it's okay to not feel like just because that person's uh, over there at that bigger school, that that's uh, that they're happier, that they're more successful, um, that what they're doing on a daily basis is more meaningful because quite frankly, I'm not going to say it's the opposite, but it, it certainly in most cases is not the case that, you know, you see what that other person's doing over there, especially with social media. We see how happy everybody looks. And then all of a sudden, everybody's at a new job every year. And, you know, it's 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 just finding, you know, it's OK to find a place and it's OK to settle into a place and build something and and be there for a long time, even if it's not, you know, even if you're not hoisting a, a national championship over your head. 
at the end of a year. Um, there's, there's greater things in our profession than that. This is, is my way of saying that. Now you nailed it. And I was the same way. I went through the same thing and, 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 you know, went to D one power five. And then, you know, the last eight years I've been at a D two. So it's, it's just like, and it, you're absolutely right. Cause I could tell you Tom blue in the face, the grass isn't, isn't greener. Like you just, just learn. But I got at the same time, I get it. Like you have to experience it yourself. Like you, um, you know, I'm sure the, those, the interns are tired of hearing coaches tell them that, but I was like, look, you're going to figure this out eventually on your, on your path, but yeah, you know, just, just take advantage of the, yeah, yeah take advantage of what you got. Advice. You'll, you'll understand. I, I love, I love Bronx tale. It's my favorite movie. When you get older, you'll understand. It's like, that's, that's like the, I know that's not the best advice, but you know, there's certain things that, and there's certain things that you can't, you can't replace experiences and you can't replace years. So ultimately there are those moments that have to give you almost no choice. And when I say, you know, even along those lines, when I say it's okay to be content somewhere, number one, don't be content in a place that's not for the best of you. Like I had said, if, if a place is really not right and it's not going well, like find another, um, route, but again, don't chase that. And then similarly along those lines, um, content isn't complacent, you know, so you can be content and happy somewhere and still continue to strive to grow and, and develop and progress both in our profession, but also like one of the things that really flipped for me, and I'll be honest with you is, for my first three or four years coaching here. And, you know, certainly in those years younger, I wanted to, my, my every thought was almost like, how can I continue to connect and climb in the strength and conditioning profession? And that's not necessarily, like I said, after about six weeks, I knew I wanted to be here, but I'm saying just kind of, I, I felt like in a negative manner, kind of tried to build notoriety um, around myself and our program and my brand, so to speak. Um, and that then flipped, I think there's still, um, I think there's some things, you know, in connecting with coaches, communicating with coaches, um, reading and, and just doing things along those lines that I felt like honestly did help me sharpen the sword a little bit and probably did help me at least learn things. I wasn't the best coach in person to the people that I was around because I was thinking of like what people outside the room and outside of our area were thinking about what I was doing. And that's flipped quite a bit now, to be honest, that I'm not going to say that I certainly am not going to say that I don't care what the strength and conditioning profession thinks, but a lot more of my, my time and energy is invested in those local kids and in what's happening here and connecting with local coaches instead of connecting with, again, no disrespect, but a coach to wherever it may be finding coaches that even if they haven't read the latest strength and conditioning book, I go out to the park and I see 70 kids following them everywhere they go. Well, there's something that that man or woman is doing right that I want to learn from. So like also understanding that you can gain direction insight in our profession. And number one, you can do things different than maybe what the typical coach is doing, meaning from a, a, a positional standpoint. Um, but also you can learn stuff from other people outside that even if, even if 
you can talk circles around them based on X's and O's and periodization and, and programming. They're going to coach circles around me out at the local park because the kids have really bought into what they're doing and they believe in them as a coach. I think, I think that's a large piece too, is, is knowing that you can, you can gain insight from people, even if their names aren't in the latest textbook, um, I think is a, is a big piece too. I think that's awesome. That is such good advice. And I, it's, uh, I'm glad I had you on to, you know, help get the listeners that, that point of view, you know, you, you don't have to, they don't have to be a, an influencer. You just go see, there may be a local influencer and be like, Hey, they're, they're directly impacting all these local, you know, kids life and they're doing something right. So go see what you can learn. And I think that's a, a really good piece of advice for everyone listening so what's next for uh, Coach Garish? What's something that you got going on this year that you're looking forward to doing with uh, your sports performance? Um, it, the 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 big piece is definitely looking to grow our um, our speed training on Saturdays. I call it South Florida Speed School. I, I mean that kind of that name kind of that name kind of started as fun. We were. I just, I had a young man that I was training and we would train in the mornings and he was a student of ours and someone that was entire, so, so committed to everything we do. Um, that, that was an instance where it's a student that wanted additional training that I was volunteering my time and I would do it again because of who the kid is. And that's not a discredit to anybody, any other kid, but the way that this kid was committed and he just wanted to get some additional training, I was going to do that. So we just kind of joked early on and called it speed school <laughs> and it kind of took off from there. Other people started to join us. And, um, and then just like I had mentioned, that kind of lined up with the training that I was doing on Sundays up in Delray and, um, starting my own kind of free session. So I'd like that to continue growing. I, I mean, obviously I know that's easy to say, but you know, I, I think there's some things that there's some, there, there's a lot of positives certainly. And that's meaning just every Saturday we have positives, just conversation with the kids and, and seeing what's happening. But I think also the connection with those coaches, coaches and community members has been big. I would, I would love to see it grow to become even more than just uh, we're coming to train speed for an hour or two. Um, so with that, this summer, I'd like it to be, I would like our Saturdays to be a little bit more event oriented. And, you know, I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I'm going to rely on some people to help me with, with ideas, but I just like to see it grow and I'd like it to, continue to become something that, um, hopefully the community enjoys as much as, as I do. Um, so seeing that, and then along those lines, again, this, it's just kind of, you know, and it's not, again, it's not coming from a point of complacency here at North Broward prep. Um, I just feel like the ball's rolling here and we've got some rhythm going that now, you know, those Saturdays are something that we can, we can really pick up and, and ideally continue to grow. So, um, along those lines, I actually would like to, uh, grow that to other areas too, meaning regionally. So I have a couple coaches that have been quite frankly, all over the place, um, from a location standpoint that are probably going to team up with what we're doing this summer. And so in addition to that, we're going to do a, just a, uh, it's not going to be anything formal, but an education piece. Um, that will be kind of like a coach's opportunity to check in and talk about what we're doing and why, um, and see what some people's, um, outcomes and results were 
um, see what other coaches have done. That might be something that will be beneficial, certainly to, to what I want to accomplish, but also to other coaches. Hopefully that'll be, um, observing and viewing that. So that'll be coming up to that. Again, that's going to kind of all be circled around there. There's an, there's an organization. I'm, I'm not going to mention it because I, there's a couple more, um, dots to be eyes to be dotted, T's to be crossed before we get there. But there's an organization, a foundation that's really meaningful to us down here that um, we'll probably do some fundraising for them this summer. And that'll be largely around um, our, our session. So that'll be another, another big thing too, but that's kind of where my head is at our summer, our summer training um, again, certainly here at North Broward prep, but um, those Saturdays are going to be a big piece for us. There's some development that I'd like to see happen um, in the, in the scheduling and, and in who we have involved um, that, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll be a success and, you know, uh, that's what I'm hoping for anyway. No, that that's awesome. And, you know, I'll be looking forward to that. And, and while, while I got you, what's your social media or what's one way we could all tune into your, your free Saturday session, see what, you know, all the good things you got going on. And, and I'll say this, like, if you're not following one of your tens of thousands of followers, I'm pretty sure like they're living under a rock if they, if they don't know you now, but if you want to go and drop your social media handles or a good way coaches could reach out, you know, whether they're maybe they inspired to start their own Saturday sessions in the, or the state that they're at, or, you know, know a high school strength coach just trying to see what's going on well i appreciate that man that's (laughs) um the you know there's and there's also like as i as uh, i'm not going to drop them now but as as we continue i had mentioned a couple of the coaches that have either already started or like again we're going to kind of be all in on this together so i'll make sure that i i shout them out when we're when we're doing it but the best the best spot for me is is instagram and that's coach underscore garish g-a-r-r-i-s-h um g-a-r-r-i-s-h and um I'm on Twitter too, but I've gotten so such a bad taste in my mouth to Twitter, to be honest with you. Um, and there's no other way to say it, um, that I I've, I've hesitated to share, which is upsetting and frustrating. And I think it's, it's not for the best uh, or for the better of our kids, but there's just, there's just so much negativity on that site, man. Like you can, you can post literally anything and somebody's going to say something negative, but, you know, and, and it's just like, at least on Instagram, you can filter it a little bit, you know, they'll DM you and I can kind of just brush it off or send them a, a, a like or something like that, that on Twitter, it just becomes like this. I just, that's all I have to say about that. So Instagram's the best bet coach underscore garish. Uh, on Twitter as well, John underscore underscore Garish. Um, and then from there, man, I, I'm, I'm always, uh, I love to connect. So, and again, especially if it's in relation to something like that, if anybody wants to get something like this off the ground, uh, either I will share with you everything that I've done and it's not, it's not something that happens overnight. You know, if, if coaches want to start something and they expect to post something up that Saturday, they're doing free training and they're going to expect 40 kids to show up. It's probably not going to happen. Um, you're going to have days, quite frankly, I've had days where I've drove, I've driven an hour and a half and found that no kids show up. And then, you know, your other session, you've got 45, 50 kids. Like that's, that's, that's a reality of it. And you also have to understand that that's something that you might be getting into. But as we progressed over time, you had a few kids and then they tell friends and then you meet parents and then you meet other coaches and they bring all the kids, their trainer. And then you connect with local high school coaches that are willing to send their kids if they are. Um, 
it's a, it, it is a process. Um, but if anybody has any questions, uh, either I will, will be happy to, to connect with you on it. And again, that might be a big piece to what we, we haven't formalized anything yet in terms of kind of how we address those summer kind of education points. But, um, that, that certainly might be something that we address of, okay, this is, this is a great way of doing it. This is maybe, these are some people in the, in the neighborhood, in the area, whether it be, uh, you know, um, whether it be local churches or some other religious affiliate that has connections with a lot of kids or YMCA or boys and girls clubs or, or something like that in the area, that might be a big piece of that too. So anyway, again, that's just a long way of saying Instagram is probably the best bet, um, in terms of getting in contact with me and, and, and I'd love to hear from, from anyone and everyone. For sure. Yeah. And yeah, I agree with you. I'm mostly all, all, all Instagram cause the, the Twitter wars are getting a little intense. So I just try to try not to get involved with those too much, but, uh, you know, I, w- I wanted to say, you know, thank you for coming on again and, and on the new version of the iron game chalk talk podcast. And I got a lot of respect for what you're doing out there and, and, and even more respect, just f- finding out more in depth of what you're doing at, at the high school level. And then also with your, your free, your free, you know, f- South Florida speed school, like it's just a good thing. And I think I'll, it's a good way to, see what you got going on there. Cause from, from the 30,000 foot view, like you got a lot going on, but it's, it's in the right place, man. You, you're, you're one of the few coaches out there. Like, like I'm just trying to have a better experience for everybody around my area and, and give back to the, that community. So I think that's, that's great. And, you know, thanks for coming on and, 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 you know, giving a shout out to the, the high school strengths coaches and, and what good, uh, great things you guys are doing. Well, I appreciate that. And that's you, you created the opportunity. So I'm thankful for that. And, and hopefully any, any, any chance I get, um, people know that again, it's, it's, I'm just, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, which I think I heard first from Fred Eves, who's, um, a, a person that I look up to greatly, not just as a high school strength and conditioning coach, but as, as a man. So I know many high school coaches and many coaches in general have used that there's, there's numerous other, uh, men and women that coach at the high school level that are much smarter than I, and that are, are doing incredible things that I'm, I'm just grateful for them for number one, if they never, um, had the willingness, meaning, you know, our older generation, our coaches that have been doing this for years and years and years, the Kevin Vanderbushes of the world, and Gary Schofields of the world that have been coaching for years, they, they, they created this opportunity for us. So now opportunities like this give, us the chance to say, you know, maybe, maybe a few other schools start creating these positions and then maybe a few other coaches gain interest in these positions. Um, so again, I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to, um, present all that I've learned from them ultimately. And that's all it is. Um, and also hopefully, um, lead the way for, for somebody else, um, to, to find these opportunities. No, absolutely, Coach. Thank you, and and I'll be reaching out again here soon, and we'll keep watching everything going on. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Thanks again. Yep. Have a good one. Thank you. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, 
to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. This episode is brought to you by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF certified gold standard whey protein powder in 10-pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. Owen even released ready-to-drink cartons of their gold standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with ON to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements and ON continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact ON's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at on underscore athletics underscore west or email rkravitz at glambia.com. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.